Bonjour and welcome to the Squiggly Animation Podcast. On this episode, we welcome Secret Life of Pets director Chris Renault. So here we are, Renanacy. We made it. We made it back. How are you doing, Stu? I'm not too bad. How are you, Ben? I'm very happy now. Yeah, yeah. Now that uh, now that I've made it here, and we've had a few, and uh, the trauma of the day is in the past, well and truly. But uh, why don't we start with? Uh, did you make it here swiftly? Was it an easy trip? It was easier than it usually is. Uh, whenever I usually get on an airplane, uh, I always never get past the uh, security barrier. I always have to stand there, you know, with my pants around my ankles because my belt's in the, uh, you know, x-ray machine and all that kind of stuff. But it appears that, that all the, the bad luck has, uh, has, has befallen you this year, Ben, doesn't it? Yes, I've inherited it. <laughs> yeah, I made it to Annecy eventually. I had to get up at 4 a.m. this morning, 4 a.m., because my, uh, I was advised by uh, my airline, by this fine company, saying, uh, we're advised that Bristol Airport is extra congested on Sunday mornings, so get there extra early. So it was already an early flight. I got up at 4, got there by 5, so I could bag drop. By 6, they then told us that the flight was delayed by 5 hours. Uh, actually, it was actually a rather pleasant morning. There were some people from the Bristol scene in the same position. Uh, some rumpus folks and some cloth cat folks and some people from the, the, the west of England all congregate. We had a little shanty town in the Bristol airport for about four hours playing cards and stuff. So it was fun. But the day, as the day went on, it got more and more complicated. In hindsight, it, it's been an okay day. The problem was not knowing how things were going to turn out it was like the kind of nightmare you have about traveling if you ever have like recurring nightmares where you have to get catch a train or a plane and everything goes wrong that could go wrong this was today for me and like it was just the threat of things more than the actual things that happened so for example here was the first fun incident of the day we're told by our airline okay so the reason why the flight's so delayed is that the plane is broken <laughs> But fortunately, we found one that isn't. So we're going to fly you to Geneva eventually. It's a lot smaller than the plane that uh, was going to take you. So some of you ain't going. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so the first plea was like, does anyone want to volunteer to not go? And we'll arrange an alternate flight to Basel. And that uh, you can somehow get to Geneva slash Annecy from there. Or we'll just say the, the last nine people to have checked in gets bumped. Uh, I guess that's what they went with because shortly afterwards, after no one volunteered, they just like made an announcement like, ding, 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 could the following passengers, and then just listed off nine names, please come to gate three where you're going to have your day ruined. <laughs> Unfortunately, my name and uh, the other animation people's names weren't on that list. So we were able to commiserate, but did make the flight, although it seemed like... The first of two instances where I wasn't sure whether I was going to actually um, get where I wanted to get. I get on the plane and I have allocated seating. You know, you have the option to pick your own seat. And I'm like, well, I could do that as I'm checking in. £3.50, f*** off. <laughs> Why am I going to do that? Uh, good reason to do that. When I got there, 
um, it turns out that the row I was uh, assigned doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the plane is too small. So here's some advice. Pick a row near the front. You'll die quicker if it crashes, but don't you want to die quicker anyway in a plane crash? So win-win, right? So I had to wait in the galley with like eight other people with the hope that maybe we'd get to sit down on the plane. But eventually, yeah, we, we were reassigned the seats from the nine people that were kicked off. And off we went, five hours later. Uh, unfortunately, of course, my plan was to then take the shuttle from Geneva to Annecy with uh, my good friend, Squiggly Marketing Director, Aaron Wood, who is sat with us now. Hello, Aaron. Aaron. He's not, he doesn't want to talk. The okay. joke is that Aaron will never appear on the podcast. Aaron's like... I've described Aaron as the sooty of Squiggly. He won't appear on the podcast and he won't speak. He'll rather just tap the desk and then whisper into one of ours ears so we know. So, so Aaron, tell us all about, all about waiting for Ben at the airport. Okay. Fascinating stuff. So yeah, didn't make, didn't make that shuttle. I didn't think it was very fair to make Aaron wait five hours and the, uh, the other four people that were going to go. So I'm like, I'll, I'll make alternate plans. So I do finally get there. Uh, everyone who I'm traveling with is like, oh yeah, we're all uh, on the Annecy shuttle, the official Annecy shuttle. They'll squeeze you in. And I'm like super optimistic at this point because otherwise I'm going to have an emotional breakdown. Like, sure, they will. So we head to the Annecy shuttle desk and I'm like, hi. <laughs> so my plane was horribly delayed. I didn't book with you. Uh, can I please <laughs> get a ride to Annecy? I'm like, oh, right. Is your name on the list? It might be. <laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> so I had to skulk away and uh, find the. I uh, went to the travel desk to ask for my options. Fortunately, other people were in the same predicament, more or less. Uh, I uh, paired up with a lovely young animation lady. So we spent the afternoon together traveling um, from the airport to Geneva Center, and then eventually we got on a bus. The buses leave far less regularly, uh, so we have about an hour and a half until our bus goes. So we're like, oh, well, we'll get a coffee. There wasn't many people waiting there at the bus stop. So we, we piss about for an hour, trade life stories, put the world to rights, become best buds, come out of McDonald's, and it's the biggest queue for a bus that's ever existed since the history of queues and buses. So uh, we're right now at the back of this queue. This young lady, my new best friend, uh, her name is Beatrice. She comes up with this grandmaster plan. She's like, you know, technically no one's actually formally said this is a queue. So let's go to the front. <laughs> so we did. Wow. And so we basically queue barged. And we managed to get a place on the bus. Some people did, which made us made me feel a little bit bad, but not that bad. Because at that point I was f***ing knackered. So my first stop upon arriving in Annecy was Captain Pub where I have remained since. Nice. <laughs> and the here we all are. of Captain Pub. <laughs> so comparatively speaking, how was your trip? It was fine. I've got nothing to report, really. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we're here now. We're in Annecy. And, and, and as people can hear in the background, there's lots of chatter, there's lots of excitement and lots of buzz because we're here at this festival that we all look so you know, forward to, to, to being at. And um, we're finally at the pub. Uh, and, and rather weirdly, Ben, this, is, this must be the first time that me and you have podcasted face-to-face for probably about four years i guess so yeah we've done some video stuff i think well i guess that would have been the lot about three years ago yeah uh but yeah the podcast stuff has been over skype for yeah for the most part since uh, uh, like episode five or something 
But yes, we are here. I'm very happy. It's surprisingly clement weather at this late hour. This is Sunday, by the way. This is the day we've arrived. We'll do this sort of podcast, I guess, in segments. We'll uh, start with uh, today, the arrival day. Yeah. So I guess the first sort of uh, point to bring up is what are you looking forward to? Because the festival yet has not begun. There's a lot to look forward to, isn't there? I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, as ever, I, I believe that Annecy is, is uh, perhaps the start of the, of the calendar. Although there are a few films uh, within the programme, um, short films, um, graduation films and uh, commissioned films that we've already seen at festivals that uh, me and you have been uh, around in the last year. Mm. Most people aim for Annecy. And so it's like a fresh batch. And in that case, it's good to see so much... Uh, new stuff and in recent years since uh, uh, Serge has left and Marcel's arrived it's a completely different batch to what it was a few years ago and it's a different kind of uh, a different kettle of fish really so there's a lot in terms of actual animated short films to look forward to and that's suppose the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is, is seeing these short films and reporting on them and finding uh, finding these great films and reporting on them on Squiggly and stuff but uh, in terms of things to see I'm looking forward to some of the bigger things uh, commercial things I would say rather than bigger such as uh, Moana work in progress and um, finding uh, Dory uh, stuff from the UK such as uh, Chuck Steele um, Ardman are here there's a, a, and Guillermo del Toro you know there's mm-hmm. a fair few uh, bits and bobs that I'm actually looking forward to and then just taking in the the Annecy ambience and enjoying uh, the the very noisy Captain Pub and uh, and and getting drunk every night. Every All month. these parties. All the well, legend has it, Ben. Legend has it that you can go to Annecy and not pay for a single meal or a single drink. <laughs> so skip between parties and eat for free and drink for free. Yeah. And uh, there are certain Annecy patrons that are kind of uh, uh, masters of that. <laughs> not even within the uh, sanctioned Annecy events, they'll just show up and sit at your table. <laughs> Order a coffee and then f- off. <laughs> it's a skill. It's a life skill. <laughs> I have to admire it. What are you looking forward to? Certainly, as far as like events and stuff that I haven't seen, uh, I'm kind of interested in what John Kreese for Lucy will have to say for himself. I am curious to see if we're going to see a, a finished version of that, uh, the film Cancel Without Labels, because that was kind of a big. Uh, early podcast guest for us. I'd mm. feel a bit of closure for that. Yeah, after four years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really want to check out some of the VR stuff uh, in person. I want to see uh, uh, Felix Massey's project. And uh, I've seen Patrick Osborne's film Pearl on YouTube. And I, I just feel like it would be a better experience, um, actually, in an immersive environment. There is an interview with Patrick Osborne up on the site where uh, he talks in depth about all of the considerations and stuff that went into that. that, that that's a really interesting thing because it's, like I was talking earlier on, it's, we're at the beginning of something brand new there in Google of uh, taking on all these uh, fantastic filmmakers for the Spotlight Stories and they're working out the medium they're working out how it will work and how it will all come together how it's presented how it uh, well uh, I said it again how it works basically because it's never really been done before they're trying it they're testing it they're seeing uh, they're pushing the limits pushing the boundaries how will these transitions work how will uh, a consumer watching this video react what will they look at where will they look these are all the considerations that have never had to be taken in film before and Google Spotlight Stories and other places have 
carefully selected directors that are answering these questions and it's great to be here to see these questions being answered. So yes, VR events. Also on the agenda, of course, there's all sorts of film premieres and stuff. There's Finding Dory, uh, The Red Turtle, The Secret Life of Pets. Rather apropos, of course, the guest in this episode is director Chris Renault and he will be talking a little bit about uh, making that film. This will be premiering, I believe, at Annecy on Thursday and uh, shortly to be released in uh, cinemas all over the world. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a film that uh, we've talked about at some length in the last few episodes as being one I think we're both looking forward to. It seems funny. seems like, you know, a really great cast and uh, what, a, what a great place to uh, see it for the first time. Well, I said earlier on that um, short filmmakers often aim for Annecy as their kind of premiere date and feature filmmakers do that too I mean as the feature film market uh, booms and we see lots of independent features um, it's a place where independent features and the sort of bigger mainstream features even for a company as young as Illumination it is still a place for them to show what they've got and, and show they will Certainly. also of course the feature films in competition a couple of films that I've, I've been able to see already that are definitely worth checking out there's an NFB film sort of takes a similar approach that The Prophet took uh, by Anne-Marie Fleming. It's called Window Horses. Yes. And it's um, animated poetry, which was a big thing of The, of the Prophet, like uh, animated poetry animated by different uh, talents. And uh, I would say a more successful overall, like as far as like the main story is concerned, I found it a little more engaging. You know, I think also, but in the same respect, I also probably enjoyed the animated segments uh, the outside animated segments the most you know yeah and by the time you're hearing this there'll be an interview with uh, Anne-Marie Fleming up on Squiggly uh, also a film that I really enjoyed uh, that we've talked about also I know on the podcast uh, Psychonauts or Psychonautus the uh, feature film outing uh, sort of an extension of the short film Bird Boy Pedro Rivera and Alberto Vasquez uh, so the original short film, uh, Bird Boy, which was a very good short film, it was very um, asset-based, very kind of evocative of like cell-action TV shows, perhaps, for like young audiences, but with quite dark subject matter. Rather effective little film. Uh, this film kind of takes the themes of that film, which are basically death, misery, and despair. Three of my favorite subjects. <laughs> but actually like peppered with quite a lot of like really good humor. Like, it's a very witty film, which... Because, I mean, it's not... Like I said, the short film doesn't really have that element to it. It's something that I think was sort of developed in between, because you had this film, uh, Unicorn Blood. You know that one? No, no, no. Tell me about that. Um, you, you might remember it if I describe it. It's uh, these two, like, teddy bears wandering through the wilderness, hunting unicorns. So it's, it's this very bizarre premise. It's quite funny, but in the sense that it's so ho-faced and overdramatic, but it's teddy bears and unicorns. Uh, this, this film, Psychonauts, is funny more because there are some really funny jokes in it, or just funny writing, maybe not jokes as such. Bizarre, surreal uh, visual concepts. It's, it's sort of hard to, you kind of have to sort of see it to appreciate it because it would, it would lose something in the describing I think so it, it works because of the way that it's been set up basically it's a yeah. well produced well put together piece of writing piece of cinema basically and it sort of it, it again sort of maintains the qualities of the original short film that were that indulged in melodrama 
that indulged in uh, personal quests. The themes, I think, are expanded on in a way that actually makes a lot more sense in a feature-length film. Characters have these sort of personal demons. Their cause isn't absolutely explicitly outlined, but you're given an idea of where they've all come from. It's certainly a, a lovely film to look at. Yeah, so I would say the animation looks like a certainly looks like a graduation from the short film, and um, a lot more money to play around with, perhaps, for the uh, effects animation uh, or the the layout and the setting and the you know the colours and the cho- the design choices are, uh, are, are have been altered, should we say? Well, well, it's full animation is is the main difference. It's uh, it's frame by frame. Uh, line art animation it's properly keyframed and in between it's not tweened which was the thing of the original short film um, it has almost a kind of Tove Jansen style to it okay. in a weird way um, uh, yeah I have, there's a review of it up on Squiggly you can check out I think I make the point with more lucidity than I'm doing now um, is, is there anyone that we've not pestered yet that, that's at Annecy that's not already on the Squiggly site by the time his podcast comes out, by the t- I don't know. Well, Frank Dion's interview will be up. That's one of my favourites of the short films I've seen. Uh, he did a film called The Head Vanishes. Uh, another film we're definitely worth checking out. Um, which again, there should be a review up uh, up on the Squiggly website. Is Nuts by Penny Lane. Bit of a bait and switch that film. Like I, I went into it like the uh, the opening shot in particular. It was a little disheartening, and then as it went on, it actually turned out to be a really, really clever film. Uh, the story is about a um, reputed uh, pseudo doctor called John Brinkley, who became sort of notorious for his advancements, I guess, in the field of male virility by implanting goat glands onto testicles, thus improving the potency of his uh, patients, as uh, as their testimony suggests. As the film goes on, the veracity of that testimony is kind of called into question, as are pretty much all of his other achievements um, in the worlds of like broadcasting and other sort of medicinal avenues. Uh, he was basically a complete piece of shit. Um, and you sort of go into this film not quite knowing where the filmmaker's allegiances lie, and then by, the, by about the sort of midway point, it's pretty clear very smart director Penny Lane I, I was won over certainly it's, it's uh, a very entertaining very compelling film I'm a big James Randi fan I love the uh, the outing of people who are fraudsters and charlatans so you know I, I kind of it sort of spoke to me on, on a certain level so yeah that's another uh, a recommendation for you uh, Annecy goers or just people who may be able to catch it uh, later on so I think of the feature films in competition that we've seen those are some sort of starting points. I'm also really, obviously, very keen to see The Red Turtle, which we spoke about with uh, uh, much anticipation before. Mm-hmm. Finding Dory, of course, and uh, as mentioned uh, earlier, The Secret Life of Pets. What else is happening, feature film-wise? Uh, what, big feature film-wise? I think uh, the new Ice Age film has been uh, presented at Annecy. Aha. Um, Guillermo del Toro is here uh, speaking about uh, Trollhunters, is it, with, uh, that he's working on with DreamWorks? Is that a, is that a film or a show? Uh, that's a show, but it's, it's going to be a film. Um, you don't get Guillermo del Toro on board and uh, just get him to uh, just <laughs> come with a few ideas. The guy's working quite hard on that film there. And uh, future film-wise, I'm very much looking forward to Moana, the, uh, the next uh, Disney film. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see what that looks like in action. It's, uh... They've given The Rock an awful lot of publicity with this. <laughs> I mean, um, we joined Instagram 
before coming to Annecy, because we thought it'd be nice to share our holiday picks. <laughs> but I joined it basically because The Rock is basically sharing everything on Instagram. And it's like the film poster, like exclusives on the film. If you want to know anything about this Disney film, you have to follow a retired wrestler. <laughs> and that's basically what's happening. So that's interesting, the way that um, it's been marketed and the way that it's been put forward. But, you know, you don't have to follow them. We've probably got an interview with the directors coming up on the site soon. Who knows? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Aaron, are you looking forward to any of the events at Annecy this year? That's a <laughs> thumbs up from Aaron. <laughs> I guess that's all of them. <laughs> uh, shall we pressure some other people? Let's bring some more of the squiggly team to the... Uh, you don't have to speak on my level, Katie. You can, uh, you can speak normally if you wish. I do apologise. We have some of the squiggly team with us. Hey, uh, hello. Katie, Steed and Julia Young. Uh, we're just talking about stuff that we're looking forward to this week, so we thought we'd... Uh... Did you have to wait till like 12.30 after I've had a couple to bring up... Oh, never mind. Apparently, yes. <laughs> right, okay. You have no option, Katie. All right, let's do this. Now we know you'll be honest. <laughs> Julia? Thank you for that. You're the more experienced one with, you know, more mature. Yeah, but you know I haven't planned this at all. I'm just going to go where I'm told. You think I have? (laughs) Yeah, you're organised. I'm looking forward to Moana, the the behind-the-scenes screening. Um, It was one of those ones, because when the Annecy tickets go up, you expect them all to sell out the second that that they go up. So I had all my tabs open and Moana was the first. So I'm looking forward to that one. It does Um, get exciting, doesn't it, when... uh, we all have a set time to get tickets, <laughs> and it's like Black Friday it for, like for animation nerds. It is, yeah, Glastonbury. It is Glastonbury. I said to everyone at work, I'm taking lunch, and at half an hour early, just don't disturb me right now. I'm, I'm in the zone. And I got there. Yeah. I got most of the things that I wanted. I everything I did. Yeah. You've got to favourite them. This is tactical. Okay. Favourite them, and then you have them all in the same place. You have to do all the tabs uh-huh. crap. Sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Inside, a little tip yeah. for yeah. future yeah. editions of the Annecy Festival Fair. from Katie Steed. <laughs> I am a novice. Well, I did the thing. I wasn't sure what my ticket allowed me to do, so uh, I did the I did all the tabs, and I just hoped. Yeah, and I got a lot, but it was fine. Did you get the? Sorry, did any of you fall for this? Now I have a friend who's um, perhaps not the most intelligent uh, when it comes to booking things at Annecy. Who could that be? My friend thought that um, you had to. You can only have three tickets for the entire festival, oh, not oh three no. tickets a day. Oh, that's <laughs> so he rang me up and said, "I've picked my three tickets." <laughs> And I was like, well, that's, that's a Monday ticket, a Thursday and a Friday ticket. What else have you got in the festival? And he was like, I've only got three. Wow, bless him. Yes. Well, I hope he picked well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the heart to tell him. He's only got three tickets. Yeah, well, as long as they're the good ones. And then the Samurai Jack. I'm looking forward to that. <gasps> I missed that Oh, no. My ticket doesn't let me go to Samurai Jack. I died. Such a mistake. Um, what about the... Um, Guillermo de Toro. Can't go to that oh, one either. Dude. Oh, dude. I regret so much. Next year I'm going to come with full guns blazing. Yeah. All of my money gone into Annecy. It's going to be fine. Because I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. I'll go to the siding for my consolation. <laughs> is there anything that you actually can go to that you'll <laughs> Thank you for that, Ben. Um, Moana is the one okay. that I think I'll oh, find. Right, one event. <laughs> yeah, the one event. Finding Dory? Finding Dory, I can go Yay. to. Yeah, I can go to Finding Dory. I can do that one. There are a bunch of things I have to like queue for, like first come, first seated kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I could have got whatever whatever ticket I got. You're going to push so many people out of the way. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's already I'm mentioned vicious. murder. <laughs> murder is and not, she wasn't not off the cards. 
But I think there's also there's a really interesting um, focus on advertising this year, and as that's oh, what my yes. studio deals with, I'm, I'm really excited about yeah. some of the focus things. There's uh, music and animation, which I, yes. I kind of feel like it's one of my weaknesses. I'm really looking so. forward to the PSYOP one, actually. Yeah. Like, I didn't know much about PSYOP until a couple of years ago when I actually met a freelancer who worked for them. There you go. And that, that was cool, yeah. talking to him about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah. what they've got. And having just spent the last hour talking to Pete Lord, uh, we're <laughs> very excited about the Ardman talk. <laughs> and obviously the Rounders game, which is the highlight of my festival every year. Oh, yeah. what, what's happening with that now? Is that anything to do with us anymore? Or it is is it? Not, it's, it's unofficially but officially to do with us. It's a squiggly trophy, <laughs> yeah. but it's not been advertised as such. Uh-huh. But it's, it's the Joanna Quinn Memorial, but she doesn't like us saying memorial trophy. <laughs> Sounds a bit like she's dead, to be it fair. Does, does. She's very does. much alive. We have to state <laughs> yes. that Joanna, Joanna Quinn, Quinn is alive, alive and yes. kicking and making a film yeah. and lovely. She's alive, everybody. She's alive. <laughs> yes. the, Joanna Quinn is not dead. <laughs> Memorial. Well, one of these years, Joanna Quinn will actually show up yeah, to Annecy for a rounders game. Oh, It'll amazing. be amazing. I feel like this year we need a better like list of rules because Do you I- know I nearly <laughs> I, I nearly printed them off off in English like German and French because every year I get accused of cheating. <laughs> there were some very offended Spanish guys last year as they ran with it like inside the bases oh and Katie was going you can't do that no, no, and they no, were no, going no, no. oh but that's not how we play it. But it, we, it's always fun and you, everyone listening should come and play. As long as you play by the rules. Yes, <laughs> rules are there for a reason. They make the fun more fun. <laughs> Well, I think we've all learned a little bit about some Annecy tradition. <laughs> well, they, uh, have, you maybe... heard, have you heard about how much Aaron's been practicing for the pedalo race? Uh, not from him. Well, <laughs> ask him. It's been it's been weekly gym sessions with with pedalo in mind. Let's give that a whirl. Aaron, could you would like? <laughs> so, Aaron's so silent. Here and we saw one. Yeah, you did. No, you kicked his ass. Mostly because I leapt from my boat onto Aaron's boat and accidentally punched one of his co-boating yes, people in the face. <laughs> we heard about this. We heard it was carnage last year. Tell us about the carnage. I punched her in the face. Well, there you go. <laughs> and we still only came third. <laughs> was it worth it? Was it really worth it? Totally. <laughs> I got my caveat. And, and, and where is she now? I know she runs every time she sees me. <laughs> But apart from that, you should come to the pedalo race, anyone listening. It's great fun. Yeah, if you, if you have no qualms with physical assault <laughs> and good old-fashioned competitive fun. It's like being in school again. We could all take a punch in the face every once in a while. It was fine. So, super, super. Well, I will look forward to my usual role in both the pedalo race and the rounders game. Spectrum. Watching from the sideline. <laughs> so thank you, Julia and Katie, for your insight and uh, your recommendations. I suppose now it's time we should hear from Chris Renault, the director of The Secret Life of Pets. Well, it's no secret anymore, is it? It's here at Annecy, and uh, we've been hearing some very good things about it. At the time of recording, we've still not yet seen it, but it's premiering tomorrow, uh, the day after this podcast goes out. So here's Chris Renault. Prior to this film, I guess you'd done the Lorex and you'd done the uh, Despicable Me films, and uh, I was curious, because we had Minions last year, what was it that determined you coming on board uh, this project, as opposed to, say, Minions? Well, I mean, a little bit of it has. I was an executive producer on Minions, so I did I did work on it, although not in the not in the same level as as being a director, obviously. Um, but um, so a little bit of it had to do with um, you know timing and 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 you know wanting to to you know do some different projects. So in my conversations with Chris Maldandri, you know, we started talking about, um, 
you know, what was going to be next after Despicable Me uh, 2. And uh, Pierre, who, uh, along with Eric Guillaume, Pierre Coffin and Eric Guillaume, who I co-created The Minions with, he was going to um, direct um, uh, Minions. And I was, you know, talking with him about it, but really Pierre had it in good hands uh, with Kyle Balda and the writer Brian Lynch. So, you know, you know, what very often happens is depending on, you know, you want to get different things moving forward, you have to kind of split up the team, I guess. Mm-hmm. And as the studio was, was growing, you know, we had to sort of um, strategize, you know, where to, to put different people to, you know, try to create uh, new films. Um, so, you know, Minions was on its way, and uh, we started talking about Chris Melodandri had the concept of, you know, what do your pets do when you leave? And literally, you know, that's all we had. And so from there, we started to, uh, right at the very end of, towards the end of Despicable Me 2, we started, um, you know, building what the story and the characters were going to be to sort of figure out what does that concept actually mean in, in, in the course of a, of, of a film and a story. So that's, that's kind of it. It's, you know, it's really more like, you know, as, again, as the studio was growing, how, how to, um, you know, how to expand beyond um, Despicable Me and, and, uh, and, and those characters, which we all loved, and sort of hopefully try to create something else that uh, that land connects with an audience. Well, certainly the uh, the animal lovers out there, that's going to be some yeah. part of the yes. audience. Which we're hoping are numerous. <laughs> Did that kind of animal-centric nature of the film's premise and the characters hold a certain special appeal to yourself? It does. It's funny. I, I hadn't really thought about it um, until really making this movie in some ways, but I, I, I've had a pet of some kind or another uh, pretty much my entire life. Um, maybe a few years out of university or college, I didn't. Um, but, you know, everything from a gerbil, which is a type of rodent. I had a lizard. I had a dog as a kid. I had a cat uh, with my uh, wife. Uh, we we just actually got a new dog, so we had guinea pigs with our kids. You know, we pretty much had almost everything under the sun. So it was a definite uh, appeal uh, for the project uh, for me, um, and and it was fun to be able to sort of think think back on all those animals that I had, and and everybody on the team did that sort of like you know citing their own memories and and uh, you know things that their pets pets did. Um, and that was something we wanted to do with the film, by the way, was make it about more of the dogs um, are the main characters. But um, we really wanted to, to um, uh, you know, sort of shine a light on all types of pets. You know, we've got lizards and guinea pigs and, you know, you know, pretty much everything under the sun is, is in the movie. And that was something we thought would be hopefully kind of a, a fresh take on it. Since obviously there's been some some films that have centered on dogs in the past. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen from like the, the teaser trailers and things, it seems to be a bit of a combination of typical animal behavior and sort of subverting animal behavior. Does like, the performances of animals require much by way of like research, like looking at how animals actually behave, that kind of thing? It, it does, and we have the perfect research tool, which is called the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no limit um, to... And again, this was part of the, you know, in addition to doing a story about a variety of different kinds of pets, that was the other thing that we really wanted to hit and would hopefully make a a film that's a contemporary view of pet ownership. And a lot of that really has to do with uh, social media and how people share images and movies, uh, video clips of their pets, which is something, you know, 
really is kind of, I don't know, the last 15 years or so. So, you know, whenever we talk about certain things, you know, we, yeah, we would just go and like, you know, type in, you know, cat pushing something off a table, <laughs> you know, because people really, you know, they, they really, really, and even in some of the background animation um, in the film, because uh, we have quite a few characters, you know, if you take a look, you'll see, you know, dogs chasing their tails, cats pushing things off tables, you know, and really trying to make sure that we, we populate the film with those very relatable uh, pet behaviors. And so, so it was kind of fun. And, and as I say, there was a, a wealth of, of, of information out there to, to, to dive into and research with. And uh, I guess in a similar sort of vein, because uh, they're looking at the cast and it's all very sort of high-profile sort of comic royalty in a sense, did their performances have any kind of influence on how the visuals came together? It certainly did. I mean, one of the things that we tried to do, um, and you already said it in your question, is, is that we really tried to get for all the roles really top comedic talent um, as, as kind of the driving force as we were looking to cast people. Um, and certainly in the case of, um, you know, our leads, you know, Louis C.K. as Max, Eric Stone Street as uh, Duke, and Kevin Hart as uh, Snowball, Certainly, the 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 character and character, you know, uh, of, of those actors um, really comes through in the animated performance and in the characters themselves. Um, so, and what's nice is that those three personalities, as personified by those actors and within the character designs, really contrast uh, with each other in in a, in a great way. You know, you sort of have the high energy of Kevin Hart uh, next to the drier personality of a Louis C.K. and uh, you know, it, it's it, it, we think it's, it creates a nice chemistry. So yeah, that's definitely something, and their their personalities definitely shine through these these animated characters. Excellent. From what I gather, this would be your fourth picture with Illumination. Is that right? That's correct. And are you hoping to continue working with them as far as upcoming features? I am actually. Uh, you know, I've been uh, very fortunate uh, working with uh, Chris Melodandri and the team at Illumination. Uh, we, we operate out of Paris, France, which uh, uh, I, my family and I really love to live there. And you know, it's been uh, it's really been a great ride. So uh, I'm looking forward to continuing. Excellent. Well, if, uh, if time allows, maybe you could tell us a bit about your own career journey uh, prior to Illumination. Sort of how you came to be directing there. Yeah, I had kind of a, a, a weird start, I suppose. I, I, I really wanted to draw comic books uh, for Marvel and DC Comics, and I moved to New York City to do that out of university. Um, it took me a little while to break into the business, so I started working in advertising and logo design and that graph, basically graphic design in addition to storyboarding for TV commercials. Um, that were shot in New York. Um, and then um, eventually I was able to break into comics and got opportunities to work for both Marvel and DC. Um, did a little bit of writing, some story pitching. Um, but uh, hard to believe it, it is now. Uh, in those days, uh, Marvel actually was in bankruptcy. Um, it was um, you know, a company that was having struggling a little bit. And so as a result, I was sort of like, okay, what am I going to do? I really couldn't at that time see a way to continue making a living. So I, I um, uh, hooked up with a children's television producer named Mitchell Kriegman. And uh, at the time, there was a lot of uh, children's TV um, created in New York because of Sesame Street. And this producer worked with both Disney and Jim Henson, and I was able to work as an art director, um, sort of storyboard artist, um, for some of his children's television productions. 
And then from there, I um, I sent a portfolio into Blue Sky Studios, which created the Ice Age films, um, because I was just looking for something new to do. Uh, and they called me in, and um, they hired me to work on Ice Age 2, and I worked on that film as well as Robots, and that's where I met Chris Melodandri. And then um, I was fortunate enough to pitch and direct a short uh, featuring the character of the Scrat, and no t- for uh, it's called No Time for Nuts. And you know, basically, I was at Blue Sky for I think four years, and then left when uh, Chris Melodandri formed uh, Illumination. And I, I sort of left. A big part of it, obviously, was was the opportunity to direct my my first feature film. So it was kind of a you know a bit of a. Uh, an indirect path <laughs> to directing animated movies. How did you find that sort of acclimating to, to directing something more long form? I think it features a lot harder, to be honest with you, because I, I think that um, there's a real beautiful simplicity to creating a short, which I, I love, but I think at the end of the day, a feature is harder because of the things you're balancing, which is, you know, the different characters, their motivation. Um, you know, how do, how do you intercut between your probably two to three storylines, um, weaving the music in and out? It's just a level of complexity that, that with a short, um, you just don't have. Um, so, and, and, you know, the good thing about a short too, obviously, is it, it, it's over much less time typically. You know, you're doing it much, you know, where a feature can be two to, depending on where you're working, can be anywhere from two to five years. So it's a bit of a marathon, I would say. <laughs> um, but uh, but I love them both, and I, and I think that you know you know shorts. What's great about shorts is they're a really good indication of um, you know prospective talent to direct a feature. You know, it's a, it's a, you know because even again back to the internet, a lot of people create shorts and put them out there, you know, and share them, you know, on social media, and it's a great way to kind of kind of test your skills. Um, and, and, or showcase your skills, I should say. So, so that, that's one of the great things about it as, as an art form. So thank you to Chris Renault, the director of The Secret Life of Pets, premiering tomorrow here at Annecy and out uh, in cinemas nationwide. It's going to be out soon. Go see it. It looks like a lot of fun. It does. It certainly does. So thank you for joining us on our uh, sort of Annecy special edition of the Squiggly Podcast. It was all very hypothetical Annecy. Yes. Um, but uh, of course uh, as the week wears on we'll have loads and loads more articles, coverage, uh, tweets follow us on Instagram now it's uh, Squiggly Animation, yes? Yes it is. And so you'll be able to see lots of pictures from uh, our jaunts I've not taken any pictures of us at dinner yet, I think that's what you're supposed to do on Instagram, unfortunately it's just animation coverage and uh, pictures of well, holiday snaps so I suppose I'm falling into one category I'll start taking pictures of the cold cuts that they leave out for us at the parties and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that'll make everyone jealous. And yeah, so I guess next podcast we'll do like the proper kind of fantasy look back. But until then, thanks for joining us. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Squiggly. Follow myself at Ben L. Mitchell. Steve is at Mr. Underscore S. Underscore Henderson. And of course, the website itself is Squiggly.com and Facebook.com slash Squiggly Magazine. All the, uh, all the kit and caboodle for you there. Yeah, and don't forget, the Manchester Animation Festival uh, is still accepting submissions until the 29th of July. So if you like your animation festivals, um, how about one in uh, Manchester in November? There's a good one for you to submit to. There you go. <laughs> that was all. Yeah. 
and you can go down to manchesteranimationfestival.co.uk for more information and details for how to submit. It's free to enter, so give it a go. Super. So until next time, thank you from me, thank you from Steve. Thank you. And, uh, hopefully, uh, if we don't catch you this week, hopefully see you at another Annecy Festival in the future. But until then... Uh, bon animation. Bon animation. Oui, oui, oui.